Uh, Mark, what is that god-awful noise here in the WHUPLP Hillsboro Studios? Hey, Joe. Uh, yeah, we. Uh, I think uh, the studio bought a new uh, copier, Toshiba copier. It just, it just runs constantly. And Goodness. I don't know what's going on about that, but, uh, you know, we have a new copier. Uh, uh, and but meanwhile, uh, seems like the CD players don't work. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> that's great. Well, this is live radio, so what uh, what I'll do is just for the moment until we can get through this, just uh, play my new jingle. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, let's hear it. All right. Winefellers. The FCC states that radio stations must verbally identify themselves every hour. So, here we go. You are listening to the Winefellers on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. 104.7 is Wine Time with Mark and Joe on WHUPLP, Hillsboro. Is it Monday? Is it 5 p.m.? Are you within a six-mile radius of the Hillsboro Water Tanks Transmission Tower? Then listen to the Winefellers on WHUPLP, Hillsboro. Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions. And together, we are the Wine Fellers. We're the Wine Fellers. We got nothing to do except On the first half of this week's show, the wine news. And then, are you like me and live in constant fear of making a terrible wine faux pas? During our main story, we will discuss the most common mistakes people make while drinking wine. And yes, it's time to stop adding a scoop of vanilla ice cream to your Chardonnay. And on the second half of this week's show, our signature wine pairing segment is back! And then we will take your calls, this and more, on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. But first, the news. Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories, 
from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Wine Fellers News, a new ultrasonic gadget can turn a run-of-the-mill $6 bottle of cheap wine into a fine bottle of vintage wine that tastes like it cost hundreds? Well, if it sounds too good to be true, Mark, it's probably true. Does drinking too much wine give you a nasty headache the next morning? Well, don't stop drinking wine. Instead, take this pill. This and more on the Wine Fellers News. Woo! Hey, Joe, how you doing? Oh, man, a lot better now, Mark. Thanks. Uh, yeah, so uh, how was your week? Uh, my week was <laughs> very good. I mean, we're getting closer to the holidays, yeah. and I feel more prepared than ever. Yes, and uh, I, hopefully uh, I know that we shared one holiday party together, so we've been drinking our share of wine when we can. Yeah, it was. Uh, they had an interesting wine, red wine, I had not heard of before. Okay. Um, and I tried it. Yes. It, uh, you know, this was at a party. They had a, a private bar set up, and mm. they had beers yeah, and wines, was... you know. Um, but I, I can't remember the name of this. Now, uh, I don't remember the the name either, but did more importantly, did you wear your wine yoke to the party oh. that I got, you for your, for, I got you for Christmas? Well, remember the deal. Yes. I was going to wear my wine yoke. And for those listeners out there, what is a wine yoke? Well, right. Uh, Mark introduced me to, uh, uh, I guess, a party accessory called the wine yoke. And the wine yoke is a necklace, basically, Mm -hmm. that hangs around your neck and supports a glass of wine in it. It's it's an amazing invention. And no, I've not worn it. Okay. uh, Because... uh, I will not wear that, and you might remember this deal. We were uh, talking about it at the party. Yes. Uh, not going to wear the wine yoke until my order from Amazon comes in for you, early Christmas present. Oh, thank you, Joe. The wine rack. Oh, you're getting me a wine rack. <laughs> the wine brassiere. Oh, that's so nice. Yes, it's the wine brassiere that holds wine. That's that's. Uh, thank you for <laughs> thinking of me, and uh, I will. Uh, maybe you and I will go out some evening together, and you can wear the uh, wine yoke, and I'll wear the wine rack, and uh, we'll just have a nice evening. You know, and uh, halfway through, we'll we'll uh, switch it up and really confuse people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what have we got for the news today, Mark? Because from what I was reading on my uh, uh, rundown here, yes, it sounds exciting. It is, and I want to hear more. Okay, from the Telegraph in the UK. Inventor Casey Jones says that for only $525, you too can use ultrasound technology to recreate the effects of decades of wine aging. (laughs) Right. Reportedly, the ultrasonic wine ager, as it's called, recreates the aging process by colliding alcohol molecules while inside the bottle. (laughs) According to Jones, the device, which looks like an ice bucket, can turn your run-of-the-mill $6 bottle of plunk into the finest bottle of vintage wine tasting like it costs hundreds. Wow. In addition to improving the taste of wine, reportedly the alcohol is easier to absorb by the kidneys and therefore hangovers are virtually eliminated. It sounds magical. It does. <laughs> I mean, some guy is taking an ultrasonic device and he's 
uh, he's shooting ultrasonic waves into the wine bottle and thereby, he says, aging the wine and making it more tolerable even to do drink. You, <laughs> so what it, do you do you have the price for this thing or is it uh, like a post? Uh, it hasn't been released yet. No, it's five hundred twenty five dollars. Golly. But I mean, that's a bargain for what this device does, I think. That's like this, the you'll save. Tens of thousands of dollars. Why would I go and buy a $200 bottle of wine when I can buy a $5 bottle of wine, zap it with this thing, and then you know serve it to everybody and, and say that it, this wine is uh, so, uh, Chateau Petrus. Sure. And, uh, you know, and everyone was, thinks it's great and it's wonderful and, uh, and, and, and no one's the wiser, <laughs> I guess. Yeah, I, I'm just not buying it, man. No. I mean, because we, we've been over this before. Uh, tell our listeners again, Mark, where the taste of a wine comes from, whether it's a good taste or a bad taste. Right. So, the, you know, obviously the wine, the taste of wine comes from grapes, but it also comes from other variety of factors, which uh, oniophiles may refer to as, as the word toir, which can be the air, the ground, mm -hmm. the season, everything that's involved to growing the grapes uh, that's processed into the wine. And it's all affects the taste. Exactly. And so this inherent flavor whether it's in a bottle of 82 Lafitte mm -hmm. or two buck chuck, mm -hmm. right? It's it's like I can picture in my mind that this hypersonic, <laughs> yeah. What's the name of the product? Yeah, again? it's yeah. It's called a uh, ultrasonic wine ager. Ultrasonic wine ager. Uh, if it, by is, the way, this is a real product, right? Yeah, this is not a joke. We get a lot of calls in here to the studio, a lot, and everyone they don't our listeners don't know if we are serious. Or joking. This is a real product. And we have taken a new stance on the Weinfellers show. Yes. You know, the first few shows we were joking around a little bit. A little bit. But everything is real. Everything right? is real. Including this this guy here. So my thing, Mark, is if it's going to age that wine, yes. it's not going to make it any better. It's like if it's just going to make it older. And if you took a bottle of two buck chuck yeah. and aged it on your in your cellar for 10 years, right. it would just be 10-year-old two buck chuck. Right. I think he's overselling it a little bit. I think when you start off with bad wine and you age the bad wine, you're just going to have aged bad wine. <laughs> because otherwise, if this was not the case, I know a certain special lady who was about to have the best bottle of Boone's Farm in her <laughs> life. Um, <laughs> hey, you should bring one, one of these devices to one of your serious wine tastings. Yes, uh, it's an expensive device to buy, but maybe <laughs> WHUP will have a fundraiser because they seem to have fundraisers for copying machines. Well, we got a new copier machine. So maybe, that, that was making all that noise. I'm glad it's finally settled yeah, down. Yeah, we just unplugged it. But so, yeah, so the, you know, we have enough money for that, but maybe we can have enough money to buy uh, this device. Well, I think it, we're, we're going to be talking about, I know, faux pas later. Yes. And I'm betting that if you show up at your professional wine tasting with this gadget, that would be a faux pas. Well, let me show you. Let me tell you the secret of uh, if you really want to make a bad wine or an okay wine better. The secret yeah. is, in my opinion, is to drink a bad bottle fast first. Okay. And then drink a good bottle at a normal pace. <laughs> it's like uh, resetting your expectations there. Yes. So later in, in the wine pairing segment of our show, I'm going to serve Joe two bottles of the same wine oh and boy. vintage. Same wine and vintage. However, one was opened up earlier today. 
while the other was just opened up. And we'll see if Joe can tell the difference between the two bottles and whether he expresses huh. a preference for one over the other. Because oh, right, because I know this. Because the uh, what you want to do is open up the wine, yes. let it aerate That's a little bit. That's right. Uh, and... It can uh, improve the taste. It releases aromas mm-hmm. and flavors. That's right. And uh, can improve the wine. In fact, that's probably a better suggestion than buying this $500 device. Well, that's right. So we're going to oxygen. I have two exact same bottles of wine of oxygenated some, one bottle and not the other. And we'll see uh, how it tastes. And it'd be very interesting, uh, kind of a blind experiment. All right. So when I'm drinking these bottles of oxygenated wine, Mark, uh, the next news story from my list here yes. is tells me how I can do that without getting that nasty headache in the morning. <laughs> That's right. Everybody loves drinking wine. Probably the primary problem experienced when drinking wine is drinking too much wine and then experiencing <laughs> one of those nasty headaches the next morning, uh, especially if you drink wine in bed. <laughs> Waking up with the empty bottle next to you Sure your bedside, yeah. And sometimes, you know, people have told me when they've done this They've experienced a headache <laughs> So the biggest reason for that groggy and headachey feeling the next morning Is because your body stops producing glutamine oh. when consuming alcohol Then, when you go to sleep and your body is sobering up Your system produces excess glutamine oh. that stimulates your body Causing you to wake up during the night Ruining your REM cycle. Reportedly, this process is related to experiencing a wine headache the next morning. (laughs) Well, let's not drink less wine, Mark. Yes, one silly solution would be to not drink wine in the evening. (laughs) Or Yes, that would be silly. Another silly solution would be to cut off your drinking, uh, say, six hours before going to sleep. Ridiculous. Of course. What's what's the (laughs) solution they're going to try to sell us here, Mark? So according to the periodical Wine Mind, (laughs) <laughs> Wait, is that real? It's real. These you... are real news stories. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Wine the, mind. Wine mind. The real answer is to ingest a glutamine supplement powder mixed in water about an hour or two before <laughs> falling asleep. I don't know, Mark. What don't what what, what strikes you poorly? <laughs> well, I've always heard that the best thing you can do is drink water, that it's dehydration that actually causes these headaches. You know, I've heard that too. And it struck me that they uh, ask you to mix the glutamine and water before taking it. <laughs> drink, uh, take uh, you know, a milligram of this uh, glutamine, mix with one gallon water, and yes. consume <laughs> throughout the night. And you'll feel better the next morning. So something tells me that maybe it's not the glutamine, maybe it's the water, but I'm going to give these guys the benefit of the doubt. Say it's the glutamine, which evidently you can buy anywhere, like you know those nutrition stores and sure, things like sure. that. So um, if all else fails, of course, you could drink wine in moderation. <laughs> Please, pretty pretty funny. Um, So, (laughs) so uh, you know that's something you can try. And I have not. uh, I cannot personally endorse this uh, having a glutamine uh, supplement before uh, drinking wine because I have not tried it myself. So it's not officially endorsed by the wine fellers. But I guess we could say what is officially endorsed is drinking water before you go to sleep. Absolutely. Well, let's. We should tack that glutamine onto. The uh, hypersonic wine ager. Yes. And uh, put that on a purchase order here at WHUP and get it right on over, shouldn't we? I'm making one uh, purchase order as we speak. And that's the news for this week. Find us online at thewinefellers.com and continue the discussion of these groundbreaking stories. 
This has been another exciting report from the Winefellers News Desk. On this week's main story, what are the biggest wine faux pas people make while drinking wine? And how can these mistakes be avoided? Here's one thing I know. Don't pronounce the T in Merlot. Right here on The Wine Fellers. All right, Mark. Okay, Joe. Yes. Before we get to our main story. Did I get that right? Merlot? Merlot? Yes. Thanks. That is a, uh, a very common southern uh, pronunciation of the grape, so it's perfect. Wonderful, thank you. And later, Joe, we'll yep. be taking your calls. We can't get to everyone, uh, but if you want to, call WHUP, which is 919-296-1169. We cannot take your all your calls. Our phone screener often expresses that it's difficult <laughs> to take all the phone calls at once, and so she has to pick and choose which phone calls or oh, which poor, people are going to come through. <laughs> poor Linda. Poor Linda. But what we're going to do is uh, take your calls, and so give us a call. So what are the big biggest wine faux pas? Tell me about it. I mean, I know, <clears throat> obviously, it's Merlot. Okay. Oh, good. Big faux pas would be pronouncing the wine poorly. Yes. <clears throat> what should you do if you can't understand the writing on the bottle? That's right. What you do is you just slur your words. <laughs> uh, you know, say something that's like French. You know, <laughs> and then oh you're good to go because nobody knows if you're right or wrong. And you can say if someone challenges you, you can say, "Well, I am pronouncing it in a kind of a Cajun French." Pronunciation, of course. Yes, or Canadian <laughs> French. That's perfect. How dare you, How sir, dare insult you. my pronunciation. So here's a question. Yeah. Should you drink wine with ice? <clears throat> I've seen it done before. Yes. I don't know if that means it should be done, but I do know that, especially with like a sweet wine, like a Scopernog, mm -hmm. uh, I've seen people do it. Right. So the answer is No. <laughs> oh. So call me a wine snob, but it, ab it absolutely pains me to see someone plop ice cubes uh, into their white wine, or even worse, their red wine. For one thing, the winemaker uh, has gone through great lengths to create a good wine with body, balance, and a nice finish. This will be totally ruined by watering your wine down with ice. <laughs> absolutely. But it, furthermore... Uh, I know this is the case with beers, right, and uh, liquors, whiskeys, things like this. Ice. Ice. <laughs> Where <clears throat> water is actually mm. one of the most important ingredients. I mean, it's most of what you're drinking. Right. And so that flavor that the water from uh, the spring, nearby spring or that comes up out of the ground mm -hmm. that they add mm -hmm. um, is crucial yes. in, in having a good tasting wine or liquor or beer right and you're throwing in yes. some ice uh from the local water supply yes and uh you know i don't know how they you're telling me about putting wine in whiskey you don't know how they do it on the whiskey fellers but <laughs> <laughs> but on the wine fellers we don't add water <laughs> we don't add ice we don't add anything and so um i'm, I'm gonna have to put my foot down here I'm with you, man. That's That would be a big faux pas. Now, sometimes I believe people do it because they just want to chill their wine, which makes sense. Oh. But why can't you just throw the bottle into a freezer? 
Is that what you should do? Sure. Should you serve? I thought wine was was meant to be served at more like closer to room temperature. Right, but you know, white wine you 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 serve colder than red wine. If you just want to chill it for a little bit, ten minutes in the freezer, you're done, and then you don't have to add ice. Um, you know, that's probably the worst. One of the worst things I've ever seen in the world is someone add ice cubes to wine. Wow. Um, yeah, and I've seen a lot of bad things in my life, and that's probably <laughs> one of the worst things. I mean, uh, probably worse, I saw someone adding a scoop of vanilla ice cream to a glass of white wine. Now, that's insane. That's terrible. Uh, the second worst thing I've ever seen, and I've seen this too, is mixing wine with Coca-Cola. Oh. Uh, at least have the common decency to use grape Fanta. <laughs> but it's it was, it's just, you know, these are, the, you know, I I. It makes me feel bad. I'm getting chills talking about it. So maybe <laughs> well, we should we, move we on. To yeah. the, uh, <laughs> so look, you know, if you're uh, if you're ever hanging out with the wine fellers, uh, just ditch the ice, man. Ditch the ice. Yes. So the next faux pas that commonly occurs when people are drinking wine. Tell me. Wine glasses are shaped the way they are for the purpose of enhancing the wine tasting experience. Right. Firstly, the bulb of the glass is shaped in a, such a way to help aerate the wine enabling the oxygen to interact with the juice, thus releasing an, a wine's elegant set of scents or the nose of a wine. Yeah. Secondly, wine glasses have a stem to help you more easily swirl your wine as well as give you something to hold on to other than the bulb. We've been over this. Yes. You can spend a lot on nice wine glasses mm -hmm. or a little. That's right. But it must have these characteristics that you're describing. That's right. Putting your hands on the bulb of the glass serves to heat the wine, which is considered undesirable for right. white and red wines alike. Mm -hmm. So that's the reason wine glasses, one of the reasons why the wine glasses are shaped the way they are. Oh, so, you know, I mentioned on the radio a few weeks ago uh, that someone gave my wife and I yes. a box of stemless wine glasses. Yes. Hopefully they're not listening <clears throat> now. I mistakenly uh, thanked them. For yes, this. that's right. You thank them. Thank you for helping me destroy my wine. Do you have any ice cubes I could put in my wine while we're at it? Right. They're, they basically gave you a gift that was a disservice to you. <laughs> hey, if you use the stemless wine glasses with your wine yolk, then... You have a good point. So, oh, Well, I think the wine yolk from the images I've seen, I'll be putting them on Twitter and Facebook later, that requires a stem. Yeah, I think to lock in yes, place. Yes, the stem fits through a hole, locks in place. I think so. And that way, your you know, the wine doesn't fall out of the uh, necklace device. And so that would probably be hard to do. Um, I guess you could you know rig something up where the stemless glass can fit in there. But my God, <laughs> who are these people? <laughs> Just use a normal wine glass, please. <laughs> please. Okay. Gotta have no ice and the right. Uh, glass, Mark. We went. We started this program. Yes, the wine fellers. Yes, to try and make it more accessible to people. But I just see you putting up walls, man. Well, I mean, <laughs> no, I, I'm breaking down walls. <laughs> That's how I like to think about it, because um, you know, I, I I call a spade a spade. I mean, you're selling a stemless wine glass. Sure. Like I said in the last show, we call those tumblers. Right, right. I mean, that's what it is. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, what you know, here. This is how you can very easily 
and maximize your enjoyment of fine wine. Right. That's what we're telling folks right yes. now. Yes. Mac, you don't have to drink fine wine. You can drink mediocre wine. Too, Absolutely. And maximize your enjoyment of this that. This is how you do it. And as and actually if you're drinking while you're drinking your mediocre wine, you can say you can announce to people, "I am maximizing my <laughs> enjoyment of this mediocre wine." Sure, I paid three dollars for this bottle, but due to my skills here at drinking it, it's really tasting like a three fifty exactly bottle of wine. Yeah, value, value. All right, what's next? <laughs> uh, so, touching the neck of the bottle to the wine glass while pouring—that is considered a faux pas. People don't realize this. Touching. Ah, when you're pouring the wine into the glass. That's right. Hitting or touching mm-hmm. the wine bottle to the glass rim. Yes, that is considered a major faux pas. Um, it's just not, there's the visuals of it, they don't look right. But also, sure. there's actually some good health reasons why you don't want to touch the yeah, neck yeah. of a wine bottle to glass after glass after glass, the rim of a glass. You're, you know, could be transmitting things you don't want to be transmitting. And we're sure, nothing germs. but healthy at the wine fellers. Well, that's a very interesting. Is there um, is there a uh, maximum height from which you should not pour? Well, you should pour uh, right. You should not pour your bottle of wine from I would say two feet or higher. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're showboating, right, you might try something like that. You could showboat, and while you're pouring your wine from two feet or higher. I uh, during one, a previous show I told you a little trick where you can twist the bottle. Oh where yeah, it, it stops the dripping uh, as you're pouring. I mean that would be you know that's sort of the trifecta. You know, pouring a, gla- a bottle of wine from two feet, twisting it, and not spilling it. Well, the high, you know pouring from a high, uh, higher distance from the wine glass mm-hmm. could introduce more oxygen into the wine. Oh. And, you know, I've seen folks prepare uh, teas this way where, uh, you know, street vendors in India will pour huge pots of steaming tea, uh, an arc through the air from one vessel to another. I haven't seen this. Yeah, it's crazy, man. And they do it in order to get more oxygen in this tea. Wow. Now, I think you would probably look crazy you opened up a $500 bottle of wine, or any bottle of wine for that matter, Yes, and tried to do that. But I'm just thinking that, you know, maybe uh, there's something to be said for pouring your wine from a higher, uh, from a further distance. Well, I mean, you actually have a good point. I mean, there's actually a device where you pour wine through, and and it... Uh, it makes a sound. It goes, Wee! And it kind of, it, it actually oxygenates your wine as you're pouring it into oh, wow. your, your glass. There's actually, I forgot what it's called, but there's a device that does that. So people are thinking about this. They're thinking about it, but it's probably a lot cheaper just to pour your wine from a higher distance. <laughs> so sure, we, if you spill a little bit, whatever. Well, I think we hit the wine fellers like saving you money, and we just <laughs> saved, you don't have to buy that little wine oxygenator device. There you go. Pour your wine from a high distance, officially recommended by the wine fellers. Got it. So our next faux pas, and this is actually an important faux pas. Many people don't realize this. It's uh, probably more of an issue with fine wine, but it's an issue with any wine. Many people don't realize that you shouldn't store your wine in a warm environment. Really? It can damage the wine. Well, yeah. I figured, uh, you know, anyone who's left their beer in the sun and it gets skunky knows that sunlight uh, and heat can destroy... Alcoholic beverages. Yes. 
We could use a beer analogy if you'd like. Yeah, but same with wine. <laughs> same with wine. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yes, you shouldn't store your wine in a warm environment, especially for long term. Um, you know, sometimes people will, during a hot summer day, people will go buy a case of wine at a store, put it in their trunk, drive home. Uh, you know, it could be 110 degrees in their trunk. They'll open their bottles and their wine won't taste right. And it's because they've actually superheated their wine and they're drinking expensive oh. uh, sangria at that point. How long does it take to ruin a bottle of wine. At a high temperature, like, you know, 85, 90 degrees, you can ruin a bottle of wine rapidly, very quickly. Like in, in an hour? Less than an hour wow. at that high temperature, Oh, yes. my gosh. Well, <laughs> it's funny you bring this up, actually, uh, because <laughs> my, uh, my dad, yes. love this guy, uh, huge, he went through a, 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 a mead phase. Hmm, what is mead? Mead is one of the oldest alcoholic beverages on the planet. Mm-hmm. It's basically uh, fermented honey water. Oh, so your dad likes fermented honey water. <laughs> you know, there is. it's a very traditional uh, alcoholic drink. Mm. It's been consumed by humans for thousands of years. And, uh, and you know, it's just a fascinating story behind mead yes there is really and so once you get the catch the mead bug uh (laughs) the mead bee the mead bee it's hard to let go all right you become fascinated with this drink so i'm just building this up because one thing led to another yes and my uh, dear father yes purchased four cases of mead that's from, a lot well, of that's mead. That's a lot of mead. Uh, what's that, 48 <laughs> not, bottles of I'm mead? I'm not telling your dad's his business, but that's a lot of mead. <laughs> he likes mead. <laughs> and so he's, uh, he's the, he, he has all this mead, yes. and he's got a wine rack. And they come in bottles very similar to a, a wine bottle. And he put them in the wine rack mm. and uh, you know, opened it up and just wonderful, wonderful mead. Oh, good. Yeah. Um, now, that's a lot of mead to drink. Yes, it it's is. It's a very rich, sweet beverage it's not like a bee yeah it's not like you can drink you know a few bottles a day right okay this takes a while to get through four cases in fact it it, it took over uh a year oh, to wow. get through them all in fact and and here's the thing once you start to try to get through this mead <laughs> yes. and you, you it's been like four weeks and you've yeah. had 10 bottles of yes. mead you kind of you just naturally want to take a break for a while yeah you've had too much mead and right. so there it sat okay. on the wine rack uh, ready for for when the mead be hit again, okay, struck again, and which it did. Yes, <clears throat> um, and you know I I said, Dad, let's open a bottle of mead. Oh, nice. Uh, where it used to be in this wine rack here in your uh, uh, pantry. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Where's the wine rack? Well, I moved it about six months ago. He said. To the uh, right beside the wood stove. Mm, uh-oh. <laughs> and of course, over the course of this winter, they burn you know, wood heat. Uh, it destroyed oh, these no. bottles of mead. Oh, gosh. How much, how much does mead cost? Is it an expensive investment? I don't know. Well, well you know, it might be like eight to ten bottles, uh, dollars a bottle. Oh, oh, that's too bad. But, you know, uh, in the end, we ended up dumping out all the weed. Um, all, all the mead. Okay. And, <laughs> slip there, Mark. And, uh, and just uh, switch to beer. Oh, good, good. Well, I think that's great. Um, I think what you, you know, what we'll do is have your dad on next week. He can discuss his mead experiences and maybe recommend a good bottle of mead for us. But, um, you know, this, we're, at the Wine Fellows, we're open to all kinds of wine. And we've learned, you know, don't store your wine improperly. Don't store your mead improperly. And I really hope you've learned something important.
And that's the end of this week's main story. You're listening to The Wine Fellers on WHUP. Check us out at thewinefellers.com. But now, my favorite segment of the week. Your good fellers, Mark and Joe, explore the exciting world of tasting and pairing wine. And remember, we're always on the lookout for suggestions from you. So let's pop the cork right now on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers. All right, Mark, this is my favorite segment each week, and and we haven't been doing it lately, so I'm so glad uh, to see the bottles coming open right now on air for, I think it's our first wine pairing segment in three weeks? Yes, uh, we have had a lot of feedback that people love our wine pairing segment, so we're going to continue it, and uh, this is actually a really good uh, wine pairing segment, a really uh, teachable moment here. Um, what what we're doing is we are serving two exact same bottles of the same, so it's the same wine. A 19, I was going to say, they look identical. Two bottles of 1997 Jade Mountain. It's a Syrah uh, from the Mountain Veter region in, in California. They're really good. It's oh my really gosh, nice this wines. is going to be a treat, Mark. Yeah, these are good wines. But the only difference is, is that one of the bottles... I opened up, uh, I would say, four or five hours ago. Okay. And the other bottle, I just opened up. Just, just now, opened. that's what I saw you opening there. I just opened up. And so what I want you to do is I want you to try both. First, you, I want you to see if you can taste the difference between the two bottles. All right. Well, now, now, so let me, I'm going to turn the other way here in the studio. Yeah. And I'll, you've got two glasses there, all right? Um, mm-hmm. And I'll mix them up. All right. And uh, there we go. And uh, let me hold, let me mix them under yeah, we, we make, want to make sure I do not know which is which. That's right. Okay, now try. Uh, so uh, just there you go. There's one glass and there's another glass. Right, and I've you, got them. You decide uh, which one uh, you um, would like to try first. Uh, it's, uh, it's up to you. Sure. And you just tell me what you think and how it tastes. Uh, if it tastes any different, let me know how it tastes. All right. Well, let's start with glass number one. Again, uh, I'm not sure which one this is. Is yes. it the one that has been uh, open and aerating for the past five hours, or is it the one you just opened? Let's uh, see here. Oh, delicious smell, Mark. Okay. Maybe a little sharpness uh, to it. And some pepper. Let's go ahead and taste this, get this on the uh, tongue here. Okay. How's it taste? And I think I know which one you're tasting. Okay, good. Mmm. I mean, that's... This is a really good wine. It is a good wine. Mm -hmm. uh, I love a Syrah. Yes. I mean, just brilliant. Uh, One of my favorite uh, wines. And they can be dense wines, and they can be wines that sometimes do need to open up a bit. Um, So try, uh, you know, when you can, try the other one. Now, now on this uh, first one here, you know, I'm I'm sensing like almost like a black currant or a a blackberry flavor to it. Uh, with kind of an oak finish. Yeah, it's a lot of oak still in the wine, which mm-hmm. is really nice for a wine that is um, going on 19 years old. And it's, uh, it's wow. A, it, yeah, it's a beautiful wine, and it's it's amazing that there's still oak and tannins and everything in the wine still. Um, so it is it is nice, and this, these kind of wines can hold actually for quite a while. All right. Well, uh, I shall move on to glass two, Mark. Please do. Let's give it a, a whiff here. Oh my. See, now this already, I'm thinking, is the wine that was opened uh, earlier today. Why is that? The smell here is not as sharp 
Mm. All right, let's mm-hmm. see what we've got here. Let me take a sip. Oh my gosh, that is delicious. I I know. Okay. Right, right the, the glass two had to be the one that's been aerating for hours now because it tastes so much smoother mm-hmm. and um, it still has all the delicious flavor. I just need to try this again, Mark. So, Joe, you're absolutely correct. The uh, The wine that you're tasting mm. now, that is, it, it's the uh, wine that's been open for um, several hours. It's much better. You don't have that tightness about it you don't have that kind of sourness about it that you don't have those like the this oak isn't as strong and the tannins are, it seems more mellow you can smell the wine better it's more harmonious it's just everything about the wine is better and this is you know an older bottle that you could argue that you shouldn't uh you shouldn't decant but huh. by just by opening this bottle up for three or four hours i think uh you know, doubled my pleasure experience of this wine. Yeah, I can uh, start to see why they call it, you know, when you decant the wine, it's like opening up the wine. That's right. Because in a a real sense, you know, I would never have used that uh, word to describe a wine, but tasting these two identical wines, Mm -hmm. one just opened, one opened five hours ago, the word open comes pops into my mind actually that's right it's opened up it doesn't feel so tight and the the flavors that are no pun intended bottled up right in the you know first glass have been let free that's right i think you're absolutely right the you know the wine can the flavors in the wine can express themselves more they're just not tight in the in the glass and you can really uh just uh just uh discern a lot more flavors a lot more going on than you could before and 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 so what i did was you know basically i poured this wine into um a decanter and what a decanter is is simply uh pouring a wine into a larger vessel like a you know like a big glass pitcher cylinder pitcher or whatever okay and all it does is this allows the wine to uh oxygenate it mixes oxygen with the wine and it's a great uh way to do this and there's two reasons why we would decant one is well, we, for better flavor, which we just discussed, for better flavor, and to oxygenate and come an extra boost of oxygen that can open up the wine and give it extra life. Uh, the other reason is that some wines, especially older wines, it can develop sediment that might have formed, and sometimes you want to separate the sediment from in, in your wine bottle from the wine itself, and the decanter is a way to, for doing this as well. Oh, right, uh, all of the little bits of grape and right. skins and uh, particulate matter just sinks to the bottom. Yes, and so that's uh, that's the other reason. So you know, uh, decanting can definitely make a wine better, but you have to be careful because sometimes decanting can make a wine, especially if a wine that's at the end of its life, fade faster. I, I was going to ask if uh, for other for different wines, maybe older wines, they're a little more fragile. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, so for example, older Pinot Noirs, which are kind of a delicate, already kind of delicate oh, wine. Yeah. I don't like to decant those because sometimes those wines are already at the end of their life, and sometimes they're just the flavors are uh, very uh, delicate to begin with. Wow! And by decanting it, you can just lose all that flavor very quickly, and so I don't like to decant those. And you know, sometimes uh, if you want to decide whether you should uh, decant wine or not decant wine, um, you should. Uh, probably err on not decanting wine because the worst that can happen is that you're just letting the wine evolve slowly in your glass oh, and right. you can't lose by doing that as you are 
drinking the wine in your glass. The glass itself is decanting it. Exactly. You're just, it's a natural decanter. It's just uh, how many wines are meant to be served. And many wines are produced that way that you don't have to decant. So you can't lose by doing that. But sometimes, you know, restaurants will uh, automatically want to decant wine because um, uh, maybe it looks cool. Sure. Well, I bet a good sommelier would absolutely know which wines to decant, which ones not to decant. That's Is right. That right. Yeah, a good sommelier should know which wines to decant and which wines not. And more importantly, they'll ask you. They should ask you what you want to do. Oh, really? Instead of uh, you know uh, deciding for you, uh, and and that's actually a, a preferred way. And so uh, that's very interesting. Now you're saying some older wines. Yes. Uh, definitely got to watch it because decanting. Um, can ruin it quickly. Yes, I mean decanting can can definitely uh, you know ruin your wine, especially if it's a uh, a wine that's yeah. already at the end of its life. So so my question: What about a wine at the beginning of its life? Like let's take a two dollar three dollar bottle of wine that I uh, bought at the grocery store. Yes, and uh, is decanting going to make? A difference. Uh, yeah, so for cheaper wine, uh, decanting is probably not going to make too much of a difference. It's made to... Um, it's hey, you are committing a faux pas over there right now. Yes, you see me. We're going to have a surprise wine segment uh, uh, attacked Mark, onto this wine this. segment. You, I'm sure you uh, listeners can hear this. Mark is pouring ice into this delicious wine we just had. <laughs> I don't think it needs ice, Mark. Well, we're going to try one glass without ice and the other glass with ice, and you can tell me if you can taste the difference that way because so many people are insistent okay, on adding okay, ice to their wine. Okay. You tell me what you think. All right, which, which one first, ice or non-ice? Uh, let's do non-ice. All right. All right, here we go. Mm. That is good wine. That's beautiful. Ah. <sighs> And Gosh, now I love it, Mark. Try the wine with the ice. Let me just shake it up a little bit here. Sure. All right. Oh, it's all getting all cold. Hmm. I like to chew my ice. <laughs> it makes great radio too, man. Uh-huh. All right, here we go. <laughs> oh, that's just horrible. Yeah. I mean, it's it's the ice is melting quickly, and all it's of, water. All it, the flavor is gone. It yeah. tastes. I'm not kidding. It tastes like grape juice yeah now. it does it just it everything that was good about it is gone so if i have not reinforced this issue yet please for god's sake don't add ice to your wine um but you know now that it's there's ice in my wine i'll i'll force myself to drink it <laughs> i mean i think it's we're committing so many faux pas here not uh, not only are we drinking it with ice yes but we are drinking it out of can should can I say the cup that we're using here? Oh, okay. I mean, you might lose all of your credentials <laughs> okay. here and no one's Yes, this was my idea, I should say. No, we're drinking them out of plastic cups. Yeah, but my, you did ask me to bring some wine glasses and and I just grabbed these. Look, once we forgot to bring wine glasses all together and we drank them we drank wine out of the bottle. So, you know, we're a step ahead of that. So, it's all good. I'm glad. Thanks, Mark. Um, what else can we? Uh, what else can we do with these wines once you've decanted? 
can you if you're not going to drink the whole thing, can you put the cork? Bam. Yes, wine like this, which is nice wine. You can recork it, and uh, in my opinion, you can recork these wines and you can um, and start drinking them slowly over the next week. And, uh, and okay. I think they just taste just fine, and they evolve and they taste differently. And uh, so, don't be afraid to do that. I mean, some uh, wines will last longer than others, especially fortified wines like port. Once you uncork it, but uh, otherwise, um, I think that you are just uh, you're doing just fine. Well, that's good to know because um, I think I'm going to be taking one of these bottles home with me, Mark. You have, please have one. Excellent, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. got a caller on the line. Yes, uh, Linda, our phone screener says we have Saab, uh, no, wait, who is this? We have Angela, I'm sorry, Angela from Rocky Mount. Angela, uh, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. Um, (laughs) so, (laughs) my dad, he really likes beer, and I want to buy him something for Christmas. Okay. Except I don't want it to have (laughs) alcohol. (laughs) I need a non-alcoholic so he doesn't get drunk at the Christmas party. <laughs> I just know it will happen. Oh, no. Joe, first of all, um, this is uh, – how is it that every week we have a kid? Oh. <laughs> Angela, you are one of apparently many uh, of our fans um, who are, are young or at least young at heart. Are we are we wrong? Are we are we just marketing the show to the completely wrong cr- crowd? Are we just uh, totally off base? Who's listening to the show, Joe? Well, you know, we're going to need to um, uh, start up a kids' corner next week. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, Angela, this is a this is a great question. I'm so glad that uh, that you called uh, uh, because you know, as Mark and I know, uh, adults love to have a good time over the holidays. Yes. And um, you know, some sometimes we can overdo it, mm-hmm. uh, and so I think it's very sweet that you want to get something your dad is going to enjoy that's going to help keep him in line. Yes, I mean that. I think you are uh, right in there. You know, uh, holidays are the time for having fun, but not too much fun, and uh, this is a, a perfect way to do it. So we uh, we're going to give you maybe some recommendations for uh, let's see for non-alcoholic. Beer. Yeah, well, uh, I know. Yeah, I, okay. I know a few. Okay. I mean, you know, these uh, and these are good uh, beers. Let's hear them. Uh, well, one uh, that I know of, right? Okay. I think most people have heard of. Uh, Angela, you might have even heard of this. It's O'Doul's. Uh-huh. Right. This is yeah, uh, uh, a, a nice uh, beer, alcohol-free beer. I think they make so they make uh, different ones. I think. 
Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if this is like their premium one or or what the you know brand name I is think it's exactly. The, yeah, their premium yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but but that's a great. I mean, and it's not expensive. Angela, have you tried this one? <laughs> oh, Mark. Nope. No. <laughs> that's uh, that's what I'm talking about. That's see, that's very good. That's you said right. you 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 had tried it. We were gonna have to have another conversation, but we don't have to have that conversation. <laughs> so, like, uh, um, Mark, I, I don't know. Have you had any decent non-alcoholic beers? Absolutely not. But that doesn't mean that they don't exist. I've had uh, this one called Bavaria Malt, uh, which is like a non-alcohol beer. Wow. It was actually okay. You know your way around it. Yeah, I've, I've had it. You know, um, just you know, someone was pouring it, and I decided to see what the fuss was about, and it was okay. It was, a, you know, a nice beery flavor. <laughs> well, you know, sometimes what's nice is if you're an adult and you're at a party and, you know, you don't want to have a glass of water that you're walking around with, no. you want to you want to join in with everyone else and walk around with what looks like a beer in your hand. So you're saying all the kids want to walk around looking like adults with a beer in their hand? And I'm talking about parents here. Oh, okay, parents. I'm talking about yes. parents. Yes. And so another great um, uh, non-alcoholic beer yes. uh, that I've enjoyed mm-hmm. and has a great... Uh, label on it to where you can't tell it's an alcoholic beer. I'm listening. Is Beck's Blue. Oh, I like Beck's. Right? Beck's makes a nice uh, alcoholic beer. I do like Beck's. But they also make a non alcoholic or an alcohol free beer uh, called Beck's Blue. Now, of any of these uh, ones that we gave you, does any of these sound uh, good to you or like ones that you want you would like to try? Um, <laughs> or or I you have your father I'm try? Some, I mean, but... I'm sorry, have your father try? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah. Oh, good. That's great, Angela. I think any three of those would be a wonderful gift for your dad, and uh, I think he'll get the message, too, that he may be drinking a little too much alcoholic beer as well. Yes, I mean, you know, maybe uh, next week if you'd like to put him on air and we can kind of discuss some (laughs) other things, we can. It will not be a problem. Um, So uh, I'm trying to figure, you know, the problem is I don't see these things sold anywhere. Do you know where they where we could I think any grocery store mark really absolutely okay so next time you're with your mom and you're uh, at a grocery store uh, pick some one of these up that we suggested and uh, you will be ready to ready for your father to have the most miserable Christmas of his life oh mark please I mean the best Christmas of his life well uh, Angela thank you uh, so much for calling today and mark we we know that we have uh, a new Kind of fan base. This is the second uh, uh, youth who's called us in two weeks. Yeah, straight. How old are you? Um, I'm 15. All right, very All right. good, very good. Like well, I mean, young I, 15, <laughs> but that's. <laughs> I can't believe that uh, you know maybe striking a chord, getting some young folks interested in wine, so that when they turn 21, they'll be learned. Yes. Thank you for our, our learned youth. Thank you, thank you so much, Angela. Well, Mark, that was. Um, uh, incredibly uh, refreshing. I'm a little confused, though. Um, I mean, we have we have a lot of people listening to the show, but why is it that these kids are, keep calling in? Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I something strange going on, but but maybe it's quite <laughs> possibly that it's quite po- it's possible that our demographics for this show is totally different demographics than we anticipated. I mean, I'm like, I'm questioning everything now, Mark. I know. These folks who are following us and and, uh, listening to the stream every week, and we just see a a spike every Monday after the show's released online, and I've been thinking that it was, you know, people who can drink alcohol legally. (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) 
I wonder if um, I wonder if we should have a grape juice. Wine pairing. I'm just thinking. Just thinking about it. Well, this is, this, this could it. we could build off this kids' corner thing. Right. We'll just have like a wine uh, wine pairing. Uh, well, grape juice grape, pairing. Mark. I'm sorry, a grape juice pairing for kids. No wine involved. No alcohol, and we'll compare different grape juices like uh, Welch's and um, I don't know who makes grape. Concord. Concord. I think you know, and then there's yeah. all the generic brands, and then there's. Concent- from concentrate, right, and and you know, just straight up juice from the from the grapes. So we'll have kids try this, and then they'll say which ones they like better, and this will prepare them for when they are twenty one. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah, of course. Not or, now. I mean, wherever, whatever the legal drinking age uh, from where the the uh, caller's coming from. But but we you know, we could, it doesn't have to end there. You could pair it with common. Things like uh, Oscar Mayer Lunchables or pre-made peanut butter sandwiches. <laughs> That's right. And, we, you know, we're not, we're not endorsing drinking. Obviously, you know, we at the wine fellows do not endorse drinking wine at a younger age than is no. legally permissible. But grape juice. It's grape juice. It's grape juice. And Lunchables. Well, Mark, that was a really good phone call, I think. That was a good phone call. And um, we're going to tell Linda, our phone screener, that for next week. <laughs> Please, Linda. We would like her to pick... Uh, of the people who call, why not pick an adult this time, next time? I think so, Mark. And uh, until then, we'll just keep on working on the kids' corner. That's right. Well, the, well, this has been a, a, a great show, Joe, uh, as usual. Um, uh, I, I have so much fun with you this week, and uh, I have so much fun with you ex- every week, and I can't believe that uh, we have the opportunity to do this, and, and uh, we'd love to hear from our fans, but... Uh, Maybe I'll see you next week. I think you will, Mark. Thanks. No, Mark, I... Right. No, we have to tell them what just happened. Your phone is ringing. You've been on the phone with us. you talking on the phone with us. Everything we said was real. Right here on the wine with us. So I was just on the wine Listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers, North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is, is that the fun can continue online. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com, where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sung when the dark days come are the songs that we sung when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines. Cause I'm gonna die with a twinkle in my eye. Cause I sang songs, spun stories, love, laughed and drank wine. Tomorrow.
In summer, the bushfires rage and rage and rage on such beautiful days. And we fight them with water that runs through the cracks. Water we're desperately trying to save. So I'll just live on wine and water my vines and sleep on the wind with the fires right behind. And sing on the beaches and swim through the night. I will Pasta wine, pasta wine, pasta wine Good evening. You are listening to WHUP 